All right, today we are in week five of our series, Guardians of the Family, and we've been looking at uh, uh, just uh, you know, how, how important it is that we have strong families in the midst of an environment where the family is being attacked and where marriages are under attack and where our kids are being uh, you know, challenged. And these are, these are challenging times for marriages, for families, for churches, for people, our whole country. It's, it, these are tough times. There's an unrelenting uh, onslaught that just seeks to destroy marriage today and, and ultimately the family. So we, you know, building strong churches starts by building strong families. Strong families are built by uh, having strong marriages and strong marriages are built by having strong uh, friendships. And those friendships are built with good communication. And so we're going to talk about communication and how important it is today. Uh, when you look at the five main stressors that most marriages go through, it's communication, finances, children, sex, and in-laws. Those are the five areas where likely, uh, if you're going to have conflict, it's going to be in one of those areas. And almost always, uh, the, first, the first one people talk about when, when they talk about they have marriage issues, it, it, it deals with, with communication. It's how we communicate together. Most, most challenges uh, come in the area of communication. So being able to express one's feelings and to be understood is essential if you're going to have a healthy marriage. 70% of Americans think good communication is the most important factor in a happy marriage. The polls also found that lack of communication was the second most common cause for divorce. And one study showed that 86% of divorced couples admitted that they had communication problems in their marriages. So in our time together today, uh, we're going to see what scripture has to say about good communication, because this is really an important topic for families, for marriages. And I think there's probably something here that we can all learn, myself included. So, uh, and what we're going to talk about today, you'll be able to apply these in all your relationships, not just your marriage and not just your kids and your family, but in all the relationships that you have in life, you can put these principles into uh, practice. But since we're primarily in this series talking about family, I'm going to use most of the illustrations today as it relates to the marriage relationship and just how we can become better communicators. We're going to look in the book of James. James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he wrote an epistle in the New Testament. Uh, it's one of my favorite epistles. Uh, an epistle just means a letter. It's one of my favorite letters in the New Testament because it's very practical. I'm a very practical person. If you've been around here long, I'm a practical preacher. I like application. It's just, what am I supposed to do with the information? And that's the way James is. He's a straight shooter. It's kind of like the James is the Proverbs of the New Testament, just very, very practical. And he gives some really great advice in, the, in just these two verses that I think can be very helpful to us. James chapter number one, we'll begin reading in verse 19. He writes, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we open your word today, and God, we want to hear from you. Uh, Father, I pray that your word would come alive to us, that God, that something that's in your word today would speak to our hearts. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just open our, our minds, our eyes, and our ears, uh, Lord, that we may hear you speak to us. God, I pray for the marriages in this church. I pray for each, each couple that's here today, and, and I pray for each family that's here. 
those that are joining us online, God, that you would help us to build strong, healthy, and godly families. So fathers, we study your word today. Lord, I just pray that you'd speak to us. Just show us what you'd have us to learn, how you'd have us to behave, and what you'd have us to do differently when we leave here today. So Lord, we just commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in context, uh, in this passage, you know, uh, primarily, you know, James is talking about a relationship with God and how we're to be quick to listen to the word of God. And, and, uh, and also, you know, if we read something in the Bible that we don't necessarily agree with or not to get angry with it. Uh, so there's that context. But a secondary application to this gives us good advice on just uh, how to communicate with others. She says, everyone should be quick to listen. And good communication starts with uh, respectful listening. Being a good listener is probably one of the most important skills that you can learn if you want to improve your communication. When we think of communication, we typically think of, I need, I need to learn to present the facts better. I need to be able to say what needs to be said better. No, the reality is, what, if you want to improve your communication, probably the best thing you do is learn to be a better listener. Be a better listener. Authentic communication between a husband and a wife uh, requires two things, listening to understand and speaking to be understood. But the first is listening to understand. Uh, and, and it's so important, especially when your spouse is talking, that you hear them out. Uh, especially, you know, if they're saying something that to you is hard to hear. Uh, you know, and, and you know, you just, you have this urge to react, right? You have this urge to respond. So you're in, in a conversation, they begin to say something, they say something that you don't necessarily agree with. Instead of listening to them and hearing them out, sometimes we have this urge to just jump in and correct them right on the spot and to just say, no, well, that's not true. Or that's not how it was, or that's not what I said, or that's not what I meant. So we, we jump in and immediately address the situation. What you're doing there is you're failing to listen. Good communication lets the other person say what they need to say. Let them get off their chest what it is that they need to say. Let them say what they need to say. Don't cut them short. Don't interrupt. Don't interject. Just listen. And it's hard, isn't it? Men, can somebody say amen right there? You know, I was hanging there for you guys. You know, it, it can be hard. But good communication listens. Listen to what Proverbs said. Solomon wrote, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. To answer before listening is folly and shame. You ever made a fool of yourself because you jumped in and started yapping before you heard the whole matter? You don't have to raise hands. I see some people looking around. But uh, <clears throat> we've all done that. Solomon's saying, let, let them finish what they're saying before you give an answer. I mean, this is just a common courtesy, right? Let them finish their thought. Let them finish what they were going to say. Make sure that you're listening, not formulating in your mind what you are going to say. Solomon said this in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. He's talking about how you respond. He says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So responding with a gentle answer means responding in a patient way. You know, it means not just jumping in there with, with anger, 
When you have patience, it diffuses the anger, keeps the situation from escalating. So many times things escalate unnecessarily just because we don't, we don't with patience let the other person finish their thought. Make sure that we understand what they said so that we then can respond and have an actual conversation. But so often we jump in and then somebody else jumps back and, and before long we end up getting into a heated conversation. And it's really difficult to have a, a meaningful conversation with a hothead, isn't it? It's really hard to, to talk with somebody that's a hothead. Um, once, once they start getting angry and their voice gets higher and, and they start speaking faster, the reality is most of us, most of us are done listening. You know, we just kind of we just kind of shut down. We're not listening. Once once you start getting yelled at, it's no longer it's no longer fun to have the conversation. It's no longer meaningful. You're not all you're doing is thinking of what your next comeback is going to be. Solomon says this in Proverbs fifteen eighteen: A hot tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Dial things down. Have patience. You'll have more meaningful uh, communication. You'll have a better outcome to the conversation if you just have patience and calm down. And if you, if you are the hot-tempered person and, and you know whether you are or aren't, okay? I don't think this is gonna surprise anyone. You know whether you are a hot-tempered person or not, whether you're a person that has a short fuse that, that just goes off like that. If that's you, have you ever considered the emotional damage that you inflict on other people with your angry outburst? Have you ever just pondered how much damage you do in those moments when you start to spew and just say a bunch of stuff and you get all angry and, and, and what you're doing to the emotions of the other person, whether it's your spouse or a child or, or a coworker or, or somebody that you work for or, or you work with or that you're their boss and you get all angry and start just getting all nasty? Ever think about what you're doing to them 